Welcome to the Bet US Soccer Channel. I'm Flash. It's the Champions League. It's match day three. We've got some big sides who are doing what we expected, but we've also got some big sides that better put up because they will be finding themselves either in Europa League or in a few cases, they might not even. That's it. European football will be finished for them. Now, we're America's favorite sports book, so I'd like to invite you to subscribe and also see that little bell. Give it a little ring and then that will mean that we'll notify you and you'll never miss any content again. If you're on social media, please follow at BetUSTV because now we're entering into the countdown to the World Cup. Obviously, Champions League. We've got all the major soccer leagues in Europe. Now it's NBA coming on board. NFL just finished week four, the college football. And obviously, MLB is now going into the playoffs now, my Top, top guests are the Queen of Sierra and the award-winning owner of We Love Betting UK. I always had that little UK, is Marco here. And obviously the Queen is Mina Rizuki. Mina, I'm going to come to you first because oh, Juve, I mean, we're not. I don't think we're going to cover Juve today. But Juve, I have to speak about because they desperately need a result. Yeah, they really need to get six points from the doubleheader with Maccabi Haifa. And the way that they were going before this match in the weekend, you could have thought that they have every every chance of actually blowing this opportunity as well. But they did come back against Bologna. They weren't particularly well. I think Bologna were almost just that bad. And it helped them. And I think it's somewhat forged a little bit of confidence, especially for strikers um, Vlaovic and Milik, and especially as well for Kostic, who got his first goal. But Juventus, they really do need the points. But... Hopefully, I mean, Benfica drew over the weekend. Maybe they can start dropping points against PSG and then uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens between them and Juventus when they meet again. Yeah, and remember to get yourselves in the chat because obviously we're going to cover five games. That means there's games that you may want to ask questions and we'll give you the reasons why we didn't put it in there. It might be we can't trust someone, someone's on a naughty step or it's just we don't want to know about it. We just do not want to know. Um, Marco here, there's a couple of sides that you said and you put up in the future show that were uh, not one of the uh, the big guns and they're doing really, really well. Benfica being one of them. Yeah, um, we said off air really that uh, the Benfica win in, in Turin was probably more down to Juve being pretty pants and Benfica being you know, outstanding or exceptional. So uh, that was always the sort of angle, really, just sort of feeling that Juve were probably a little bit overrated going into that game. Um, eager to see how they get on in the double header now because that will be crucial in terms of Benfica qualifying or not, really, uh, with their games against PSG coming up. So, yeah, eager to see how that game plays out. Um, but, uh, you know, match day two, it feels like a, a lifetime ago now, but um, there were some crazy results in match day two. You know, Brugge winning 4 0 away at Porto, Spurs losing at Sporting, and then Leipzig, who, you know, whilst the result says they lost away at Real Madrid, they ran them very, very close and were very, very good for a large part of that game and, and quite unfortunate to lose the game. So, uh, and you've also got the Barcelona Bayern game, which was absolutely thrilling for, for at least the first 45 minutes when Barcelona had Bayern on the rack and, and basically weren't able to finish their opportunity. So, yeah, I'm um, really looking forward to match day three and hopefully some uh, some more uh, results possibly go away rather than some surprise results, which we've had in the first two rounds of action. Okay, we're going to get straight into the action. And well, before we do, I'm just going to remind you to press the link in the description. I'll, uh, tomorrow, I'll be notifying five people for the shirt. So you go over to the link in the description, you press that, you join, and then that will put you in for the shirt for this month being October. Now then, let's have a little look at the first game because I think we're going to be head-to-head uh, -head here. 
or 2v1 because we're going to go to Amsterdam. What a great city that is. Ajax at plus 125. Napoli at plus 205. And Napoli absolutely flying. Maximondo points. But this is a really, really tough game. The draw is at plus 280. Ajax and Napoli over three goals at minus 120. So we're expecting a minimum of three goals. I'm going to start with you, Marco, here because we've got Ajax at Napoli. Ajax only went down in the 89th minute away at Liverpool. Napoli, they've just gone from strength to strength. Um, yeah, I'm taking issue with Ajax price again, plus 125. Um, that's been lengthened a little bit because uh, Napoli plus half a goal is now minus 145. It was minus 135. Uh, I'm back in Napoli to, to avoid defeat in this game. Um, I'll start with with Ajax really in the price. The price is basically saying that they're on the same level as Napoli going into this game. And I think that's that's debatable. Um, take out the Rangers game when Rangers were absolutely atrocious. Um, they've been played off the park at Anfield. doesn't matter when the goal came. They were... They were absolutely mauled, really, against Liverpool, beaten by Arzad Alkmaar in the following Eredivisie game, and then were held at home to go-ahead Eagles at the weekend, which is quite an embarrassing result for, for Ajax, really. And, and look, they could and should have beaten go-ahead by, by you know, six or seven, but they didn't. And um, the defeat against RZ was, was much more kind of in keeping with what I was expecting, really. And there's been mass change, as we've talked about, throughout the club over the summer, players and coaches. I think when there's been a big exodus, it, it, sometimes you can have a, a couple of hiccups. So I've no doubt that Ajax will find their feet and be a decent team to follow in this competition at, at some point. But at the moment, I'm willing to sort of bet against them because I think Napoli clearly are going in the right direction. They've come through two very tough games on paper, you know, hosting Liverpool, going away to Ibrox on, Ibrox on a, a really emotional night for Rangers back in the Champions League after so many years and then come through with flying colours. Uh, they top the, the scoring charts, the highest XG in the tournament so far, most shots, most shots on target. Um, and they see off a, a stubborn Torino side at the weekend scoring three goals. And that's all without uh, Victor Osmahan as well. So, you know, they signed um, Raspadori and Simeone. I think they both provide ample backup for when he is missing. They scored 25 goals across nine games in league and Champions League. And I think they've saved some of their best performances for the away games under Spalletti. You know, it's not long ago they won away at Milan, uh, just two Serie A defeats on their travels under Spalletti. And uh, you look at some of the players who are just in outstanding form at the moment, uh, Anguissa in midfield, uh, and then Kavarishalia, I should say, who's just strengthening his, his reputation week by week at the minute. So um, it's now obviously quite short at minus 145, but I'm backing Napoli half a goal here, plus half a goal to basically to avoid defeat in Amsterdam. Um, it's more a bet, just as much events against Ajax it is, as it is pro Napoli. But uh, yeah, eager to hear what uh, what you guys think as well. Yeah, I mean, if I put a gun to your head, would you go with uh, the draw or do you think Napoli get the win? Because the Napoli win is at plus 205 and the draw is at plus 280. Are you really thinking they can go there and pick up all three points and just take a major grip in this competition? Because Napoli sit on six points. Ajax and Liverpool are both on three. Ajax win this game. Liverpool win their game. We've got three teams after three games on six points. What do you think, Mark? Um, I would not be surprised if Napoli won this game match whatsoever. But I think probably the draw is the more likely outcome. But just because Napoli don't have to... To win a, a draw is just as good as a you know just how, keeping Ajax at arm's length going back to to Naples next week is 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 just as much of a result really as, as winning possibly so um, yeah I, I just I would be surprised if Ajax won the game put it that way. 
Okay, Mina, Napoli travel there. And now Napoli are obviously sitting in the box seat of this group. But if they don't, if they have throw in a typical Napoli performance, they're going to find themselves all of a sudden, they're one foot in the uh, knockout stage, but also one foot in the Europa League. Yeah, I, I for me, think this is Napoli all the way. I, I really believe in them. Um, I, I understand, like, obviously, you know, for people, you know, for Ajax, they haven't managed a, a good performance in their last three matches. And actually, they haven't won any of them. And uh, against Go Ahead Eagles, there was just so many people that spoke about, you know, like how embarrassing it was. But they did rest a few players for this Napoli match because they really do want to go at them. And it is at their home. Having said all of that, they're not the kind of side that I would worry about against Napoli. And I thought Spalletti said something really interesting over the weekend. And he basically said, generally speaking, I worry about who I'm going to pick for my team. I think, you know, what's the best 11 for this particular opponent? But I don't think like that this season because I know that I have such depth and so many that can do a job for me that if there's no Osman, there's Raspadori. If Raspadori can't do it, then Giovanni Simeone can do it. And they're all very different players, but all complementary in their ability. Raspadori gets close to his midfield, whereas, uh, for example, Simeone is more of a proper nine. And it's just, um, it's an interesting team that right now are very, very high in confidence, seem to have a physicality about them, can be vertical, good in the ball, and don't have the psychological problems of a usual Napoli. So for me, I'm all in. I'm, I'm all money line, goals over two goals at least for me for Napoli also there's just a few things about Ajax that I just don't feel have clicked yet so if you're not properly fluid against this Napoli side I shudder to think what will happen but there is a possibility of them getting a goal because Ramani is a doubt and I think he's essential as a centre-back for Napoli I've gone Ajax all in I just think they're going to be far too sharp I think that they sorry but they haven't done anything in the last three games. No, so I, I just see that the way that they, they play is obviously the home game. This is, I I see that maybe five of the six forward-thinking players have all got goals in them. Edson Alvarez, we've got Tadic, we've got Bergwijn, Bergui, we've got uh, Kudus. I'm thinking that they might just be too sharp. And as you know, we, I mean, you and I yeah. both are always, as soon as you think that you've got a handle on Napoli, they let you down. And then I'm yep. thinking they're going to go into Amsterdam. It's going to be an absolute raucous atmosphere. And I'm, obviously, I didn't know that you two were going to go with uh, basically Napoli or Napoli not to get beat. And I just went with Ajax at plus 125. I just, I already thought they were going to win the game. So any price, and then I saw a plus. I'm thinking I've got to be with the home side here. Now, I thought they, they always carried a threat away at Liverpool. I think we have to put a line through the Rangers game because Rangers have been rolled over 3-0, 4-0. But I just think in this game, I mean, Ajax at home with their goal threat, with a European night, and then do I trust Napoli's uh, mentality? Maybe, maybe I will look back on this game and say maybe Napoli have uh, turned over a new leaf. But six points out of six, it's not, I think it's a game that yeah, they'll be trying, but if it comes to shove, I fancy I've got to be with Ajax. Let's have a little look in the it's chat. Worth, um, worth let's have a little look here. Yeah, I think people forget Ajax are a home force. Martin, I agree, but, but but so many people think that Napoli are the way to go here. I mean, uh, yeah, and I suppose when you, when you look at the way the chat are, you, you'll be probably be thinking Ajax should be plus 150, Mark. 
just one thing. In the last 10 matches, Napoli haven't lost in nine of them in Champions yeah. So that's an amazing record. So do you think this is the team that will finally inflict defeat after nine matches? I don't know. I just think it's the way that maybe Ajax might put them under pressure early. But Mark, just looking at the way that the chat is not even polarised, they're even sort of talking as if Napoli were the home side here. Then maybe my plus 125, and I'm telling you already that I'm going for Ajax, that maybe it should be around plus 150. No, I'd, I'd make Ajax closer to about 140. I think that's probably a fair, a fair price because they do deserve reasonable favouritism. They are in Amsterdam, but I'm just saying that you know, if I personally have Napoli rated slightly higher than Ajax at the minute, that's not to say that, um, you know, come February in knockout time in the Champions League, it'll be the same. But right now, um, I still think Ajax are currently in a bit of an infancy in, in this sort of a new start, a new era after losing, what, seven, eight first team players in the summer. So um, I think the Liverpool result itself is a bit of a red herring. If you look at the game in itself, they were they were absolutely dominated, really monstered. I think they lost the shot count 24-3. And scored with their only shot on target. So, um, you know, just look what Napoli did to, to Liverpool, regardless of the fact it was in Naples. If, if they can come close to those standards, um, I think they give Ajax a really good game. Uh, do we all agree that it's both teams scoring over? There's yeah, no clean sheets in this game, is there? <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to be back in unders in this game, put it that way. No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Napoli keep a clean sheet. I, and, uh, yeah, I think I saw Napoli was like plus 120 to score twice. I could easily see this game being 3-2. But I think worst case scenario, I mean, someone can put it in the chat on the price. But both teams scoring over, it looks like a way to go. Let's have a little look at the official picks because I am going head-to-head -head with the uh, with the experts. Napoli team total over one and a half. There you go. Mina's gone for that at plus 120. Uh, that means they could still get defeated. And she would pick up a winner. Napoli plus 0.5, minus 145, being very popular because that was minus 135. So the money to come in for that. Um, and Ajax money line plus 125 for me. I'm not complicating it. I'm just going for the home side. If they don't, if they don't deliver here, then I fancy it is Europa League for them. And what a game that will be. Ajax versus Liverpool in Amsterdam. Um, okay, let's move on to game number two. Here's a team you cannot trust against a team that have come off the back of the North London derby. It's Frankfurt at plus 250, Tottenham at plus 115. I think Tottenham's just a little bit skinny for me. The draw is at plus 255. The under over is at two and a half at minus 125. I think we could easily see both teams to score an over. So that means the minus 125 over two and a half goals, Mina. I don't see any clean sheets here. And Frankfurt, they could go and win the game and the plus 250 be massive value. Yeah, I don't, I don't know which way to go, but um, I definitely see both sides of this winning. I don't trust Tottenham, I told you. I don't trust Antonio Conte in the Champions League. And of course, um, Sporting went and showed me exactly why there's a reason I didn't want him at Juventus. Um, not that Allegri is doing the tremendous job right now. But Eintracht Frankfurt are in great form at the moment. They've won three on the bounce. Um, they've obviously even managed a really great win against Union Berlin. I think that... Um, they're a very good confidence team, and if they start building that, then I certainly think, you know, at home with their fans, we've seen how special their fans are. Um, but it, it obviously it kind of hinges on whether or not they've got Yachik, um, Jackie, I don't know how to pronounce his name very well, um, who obviously got injured on international duty. So that's going to be interesting to see. We know what happened with Spurs and the North London derby. Um, right now, what's irritating me is that they seem to have a very negative mindset. 
and uh, Antonio Conte will want to prove himself on this. I just don't think it's the right game. So I, to me, this is a 2-1 and Frankfurt wins it. That's yeah, listen, I'm happy to go with Frankfurt at plus 250. People in the chat, I mean, uh, Tottenham double chance, both teams to score. Marco here, it does look like both teams to score and over is the way to go and yeah. not worry about who wins. But I tell you what, Frankfurt are plus 250. And if they have a going night at home, then that is great value. Yeah, I think you, you summed it up at the start. It's, it's difficult to trust Frankfurt knowing what we're going to get from them. And I think Tottenham absolutely need a reaction from that defeat at the weekend as well as the sporting defeat before the international break and you know there's a lot of debate surrounding the red card of the weekend and um it's a school of thought that sort of suggested it took the game away from spurs but i didn't think they were exactly in the ascendancy in that game before it anyhow so for the most part they've been digging out results without being too pleasing on the eye it's been kind of effective football rather than anything eye-catching or, or swashbuckling and um, they did have a spell after Kane's penalty at the weekend when Ramsdale blocked Richarlison with a good chance. But for large parts, they were they were second best. And away from home, they've only won once this season, which is quite surprising. Um, beaten in Portugal, held at West Ham, Chelsea, beaten at Arsenal. They won at Nottingham Forest. So not the easiest schedule, of course, but hardly dominant in any of those fixtures. And, and they've conceded all, all of them by the Forest match. Uh, but they have only failed to score just once all season. So that would sort of lead you towards goals as well um obviously with the players at their disposal in the final 30 think spurs have more than enough um ability to cause that frankfurt defense problems um but yeah goals in terms of both teams scoring overs i think it's plus 110 um which is kind of a similar price to, to spurs winning which i'd rather take the goals option because in the premier league tottenham have allowed shot tallies of 10 16 20 17 14 9 19 and 22 um, much, much higher than you probably anticipate an Antonio Conte team to, to have, and, and particularly the Spurs team too. So, um, But, you know, Frankfurt, you just don't know. You don't know what you're going to get with them. They won a tight game against Union at the weekend. Uh, the goalkeeper was man of the match again. They smashed up Leipzig here early in the season, but they have just been mired in inconsistency, and they tend to be that way for quite some time. You look at the Champions League, beaten 3-0 at home by Sporting and then deserving 1-0 winners away at Marseille. So very difficult to know what you're going to get from them. I think Mario Goetze might be missing this match as well, which is a bit of a blow. Picked up an injury at the weekend. But um, yeah, this group is really delicately poised. And, and I guess these two teams know that the next two matches against each other are, are absolutely pivotal if they've got ideas of getting into the knockout stages. So I'd expect a front foot approach from Frankfurt at home. Uh, and I think Spurs might actually relish that because it gives them an opportunity to play encounters and, and transitions too. So, um, yeah, I expect both teams to score and therefore over two and a half goals comes into the equation as well at a nice price. Yeah, and, and you've got that plus 10 of both teams scoring over. But if you wanted to be a little bit braver, you could go with Frankfurt to win and both teams to score at plus 500. Or you just go with Frankfurt to win the game at plus 250. The other one I worry about with Spurs is every player seems to have played every minute of every game. I mean, yeah. apart from maybe Kulusevski and Richarlison, every other player seems to play every week. And I'm thinking, well, I know we're only in October, but it's been so congested. I'm wondering if he's actually like using the squad wisely. Uh, and that could come back and bite them, especially on away games. So let's have a little look at the official picks, please. Sorry, I muted myself there. Um, both teams score an over two and a half at plus 110. But I fancy I might have a little bit of the Frankfurt at plus 250. Let's move on to the best game on paper. Wow, 
Inter versus Barcelona. Inter just gigantic at plus 325. Barcelona minus 120. A lot of people will be thinking that Barcelona odds on away from home in a Champions League, especially at Inter, is not good value. But what you saw, what Barcelona did to Bayern for 45 minutes and could easily have come away with three points there, if not just one point. But the under over three goals, I thought was an angle we could look at. The draw is at plus 290. Marco, hey, I'm going to come to you first because Barcelona have been very, very good. I know they got beat in Bayern, but oh, I, just, I don't see anything but Barcelona winning this game. Yeah, I think this is a great time to be going to, to Inter and the San Siro with Simone and Zaghi under big, big pressure. I think it's Inter's joint worst ever start to a Serie A season. Four defeats from their opening eight. Uh, some of them deserve, some of them probably not so. And But uh, Inzaghi's come out with a few odd comments from the weekend, you know, describing the performance against Roma as their best of the season and saying it was a completely undeserved defeat. And um, I think he's clutching a little bit. There was Inzaghi out-trending across Italy over the weekend and He's been given time to turn things around, I think, in the next week or so. But he could be without Lataro for this match. He's an injury doubt. We've already lost Lukaku and Brozovic. Uh, I think Brozovic is a, a really important cog in that midfield. And without him, they, they look a little bit lost. And defensively, they've been anything but solid and stable as well. Just three clean sheets across all competitions. And they came against Pils and Torino and Spezia. And they've conceded at least twice in half of those matches. So... Um, you look at what Bayern did here at San Siro last month. Uh, Inter lost that game 2-0. They considered 21 shots, 15 from inside the penalty area, and lost the shots on target count 11-2. Um, kind of ominous, really. Uh, I know Barcelona have had a few injury problems, particularly at right back, but Sergio Roberto was in the squad against Mallorca at the weekend. We saw a different side of the Barca. Um, so far this season, they were quite gritty in kind of grinding that one out, and Robert Lewandowski scored a great goal. Um, but Mallorca is a, a tricky away day by La Liga standards, and you just look at the, the glut of attacking options they have at their disposal. Uh, Ansu Fati starting only his second game of the season. Then you've also got Rafinha, Ferran Torres, and Dembele sort of vying for places alongside Lewandowski. It's, it's kind of ominous, really, I think, against this Inter defence right now. So I think Barca are in a good place. You mentioned the game against Munich on match day two. Could have scored two or three. They generated over two expected goals. Lewandowski could have had a hat-trick himself. Um, they won the shot count 18-13 in, in Munich as well. So if they come close to those standards, um, I don't see them being um, quite so generous in the final third. Um, and, you know, I just expect Barcelona to win this game. I can see why people might be turned off by the minus money on Barcelona, which is understandable. But uh, Bayern went off around minus 135, minus 140 at Inter. Uh, and actually the market went sort of moved in Barcelona's way uh, when they went to, to Bayern on match day two as well. So the market does like them. Wouldn't be too surprised if the market moves a bit more in their favour. But if you don't like the minus money, you can get plus 110 on Barcelona to win and over one and a half goals, basically just eliminating the one nil away win. Uh, and I think that's a, a nice angle to be in, in going into this game with. Yeah, because but it's the only angle because you've got Barcelona to score twice at minus 145. Team total, Barcelona, minus 145. Now, Mina, Barcelona scored twice. Do you see Inter scoring twice? Because they're telling you that if they do, it's plus 185. So, Barcelona scored twice, then we're getting plus 110 for Barcelona and over one and a half. Yeah, no, I, there's definitely no way that Inter can score that. I think it's a problem, obviously, that they're without Lukaku and they might be without Martinez. So, we're looking at Correa and Dzeko to lead the line. I mean, I know that Alpha is out and Kunde, but really, I mean, it's not a very difficult attacking lineup to stop. Sheko is obviously smart and intelligent and will bring all his experience, but Korea for me is not somebody that I would worry about too much. There's just so much, in, even if you look at the stats, I mean, Barcelona have attempted more tackles, have been better in the air. 
um, obviously better in any way that even you would think that a physically robust and tall side like Inter should have better stats. But even in those stats, Barcelona is better than them so far in this competition. And it's only been two games, I know. But there's a worrying trend at the moment with Inter. They are very weak on the crosses and they their passes, which they attempt too many horizontal passes, get intercepted so quickly and that turns into a counter-attack. So if Barcelona can be vertical, which they obviously can be, then this worries me. And right now, confidence is low. They're a very emotional side inter. So if they feel like they're starting to fall, they will crash entirely. So this could be a game that Barcelona win 1-0, but I have a feeling that there's somewhere along the line something will go wrong and then Inter will just fall apart and then it could be something like a 4-0 for Barcelona. So this is my only thing. Um, I do definitely see two goals at least. I know this is at San Siro and we should be expecting more right now, but Inzaghi plays very good football. It is. I do understand what he meant against Roma. I genuinely thought that they played a really good game in the sense that Roma totally parked the bus in the first half. But it's just their ability to overcome bad situations. So I think that it will start well. We'll be cautious in the first half. But it could well be a complete trouncing in the second. Yeah, I worry about Inter's uh, midfield and the ability to create. And then we look at the uh, the strikers. And I, I just worry about the pace of uh, Barcelona going up against this Inter side. That I think you can only look at the away side. And when you've got Barcelona going to Inter and the money line just says minus 120, and minus 145 to score twice. The books are not taking any chances other than if you want to back Barcelona, you're not going to get rich. But <laughs> we all believe that Barcelona is the only way to go. Jim A says, perfect time for Barca to uh, to face yeah. Inter. Barca and over one and a half, says Jim A. 2-1 uh, Barcelona. I'm not so sure that Inter score. But obviously with VAR and penalties and something like that, because... Barcelona have looked a lot, lot better. Um, and when you've got Lewandowski, you put the ball in the box, he gets on the end of things, and he's not he's one of six or seven players that actually give a genuine goal threat. Um, so my big problem is no Brozovic. My bigger problem is obviously no Lukaku. I think Lukaku would have done well in this game because he's a big athlete that could maybe outmuscle. Latera Martinez not playing as well. Then I've, when you look at the official picks... I think we're all on the same hymn sheet. But I think I'm not going to let Barcelona run loose at minus 120 either. I might even put that in a parlay with something else. Uh, everyone in the chat know what... I mean, one person I saw said that they think Inter can get something out of the game and that tells you everything. Can I say something? If, if they can... If Skriniar can even manage to mark Smalling out on a header from a set piece, do you think he's going to manage it against Lewandowski? <laughs> no, I, I think Lewandowski scores... Uh, scores any time. So, I mean, there's another one, the uh, RL9 and ATS. I think that, that that's a, that's an absolute shoe-in. And if you can get plus money on that, then, mm. I mean, you're probably going to get, what, plus 135, plus 140. So, I'd definitely go for that as well. Right. Let's have a little look at the official picks because for me and Mina and for Marco here, we've all gone for the same. So, that's three units for the Champions League show on Barcelona to win an over one and a half. I think we all found the value to be uh, Barcelona and over one and a half at plus 110 because of minus 145 to score twice. We say that if they score twice, they will win the game. Let's go to game number four. Liverpool host Rangers. Now, Liverpool are minus 650. Rangers are plus 1,600. Rangers sit bottom of the group, played two, lost two, scored none, and let in seven, got beat 3-0 
at home to Napoli. 4-0 away at Ajax. And now they go to Liverpool. But Liverpool haven't kept a clean sheet. Over three and a half at minus 120. I'm not sure that we see four goals in this game because Liverpool, they need the points. I'll stay with you, Mina. The draw, I think, is redundant at plus 775. But Liverpool have got to win this game, especially with Napoli and Ajax playing each other. Yeah, I think they will win this match, uh, to be honest with you, just because obviously everything that you've just mentioned, Rangers haven't even managed a goal so far. Actually, this is the game that I do think they will manage one. Um, largely because for some reason, when you're looking at this midfield, it it doesn't, I mean, Liverpool's midfield right now don't look scary. They have so many injury concerns. We know about this. Uh, we also know, and, and it's been highly talked about with Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, and just right now, you're not looking at a Van Dijk that's super confident or feels the support of his midfield that isn't even intercepting passes. Fabinho was making the kind of mistakes that I just I haven't seen him make in a really long time against Brighton. They are good enough to score several goals. So that's what I think will obviously carry them forward. And they are playing at Anfield. And that's a huge, huge factor to consider. So I do think they'll manage to get all three points in this. Um, but... My my worry my worry is that whether or not they can keep a clean sheet, and I don't think so. I think Rangers are finally capable of scoring their goal in this match. Um, it's just, uh, obviously, we know James Sands is suspended um, because he got his red card against Napoli, and they do have a, a few injury concerns, but I think they're good enough to, to muscle one out. Yeah, I think that's the only way we're going to find any value, Marco. Here is it Liverpool win. Both teams to score or we give up that two and a half goal start. So the Liverpool win by three clear goals at plus one, one, five. Maybe you can have a look at the alternative markets and go Liverpool minus two at around maybe minus one fifteen. Marco here, how do you get value? Liverpool versus Rangers and how do you see the game going? Very difficult to, to get value when there's such a, a lopsided betting heat as it is uh, minus six fifty on the home team. But um, very difficult also to get a proper handle on this Liverpool team at the minute. Um, we've touched on their slow starts on the Premier League show and you know, to allow Brighton to, to lead 2-0, you know, you're kind of giving yourself a bit of an Everest to, to climb then and then to pull it back and, and still end up with just a point. Um, you know, Klopp talked about this team being under pressure post-match and he said he wasn't really confident but they wouldn't concede even after taking a 3-2 lead on Saturday, which is probably telling you something about where the team are at right now, but it's the slow starts. They've considered first in five of seven Premier League games, six of nine when you include the Champions League, and they ended last season having conceded first in six of their final seven games. So it means over the last 16 games, straddling the last two campaigns, they've considered the opening goal on 12 occasions, um, which is handicapping stuff if you think you've got an opportunity to to win titles. So it's three clean sheets in that 16-game spell. This term, this term, just three wins in nine. We know that they're good enough to beat any team on the planet on their day, but at the minute, it's not happening too often. They dominated Ajax on match day two with a great reaction to, to a poor result domestically. Can they do so again? Absolutely, they can do, but um, don't want to bat them to overcome a, a really big ham, handicap hurdle. No, not really. I, I think there's better bets on the coupon. Um, yeah, Rangers could possibly get on the score sheet here. They, they were monstered in Amsterdam on match day one. I think the, um, they had four touches in Ajax's box compared to 43 for Ajax in Rangers' box, which kind of goes to show how uh, how awful they were in that game. But I thought they competed really well against Napoli for, for a good hour and were really in the game, but therefore the red card kind of handed the initiative to Napoli. So, you know, we talked about that game being quite an emotional one for, for Rangers. This is a, a much more difficult kind of environment for them to go to Anfield and try and get a result. And um, I'm not too hopeful of them doing so. Um, 
you know, they got, they got a decent win at the weekend against Hearts, but even in that first half, they were 2-0 up, scored with basically the first two opportunities, and Hearts had plenty of chances themselves. So, um, yeah, I think the, the, the likely scenario is Liverpool win this game comfortably. Wouldn't be too surprised, obviously, if Rangers got on the score sheet, uh, the way in which Liverpool have defended, but uh, it was a no-bet game for me, just because the, the prices are a little bit hard to find. But if I had to, I'd probably back both teams to score. Yeah, but I mean, they're saying both teams to score. Is it like plus 120, plus 110? Um, yeah, I think Rangers score, but that's only because I don't think Rangers win. But I've also asked them in the chat, what's Liverpool to win and over two and a half? Because obviously that brings in that skinny result of 2-1. means I haven't got to get involved. Um, Liverpool and over two and a half is at, oh my God, is that 1.4. That's like yeah. minus 250. Is that yeah, right? well, the handicap's, the handicap's minus two and a half, isn't it? So it's basically, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so tiny. we're looking at 3-0 before we start. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, I'm going to go with Rangers. I think Rangers got a... a do I think they win? No. Um, so maybe I'm going to have to look at maybe Liverpool to win and over three and a half, which may be a way. Junior says that, but I've not agreed with Junior in anything he's said so far on any of the other games. <laughs> Um, let's have a little look at the official picks because I think Liverpool, again, if Liverpool win this and Ajax win hosting Napoli, then all three sides are going to be on six points and Rangers are going to be out with a washing on naught. So um, I've got my Rangers just to score at minus 110. But I think Liverpool win the game. I think they win the game comfortably. I may even look for maybe a minus... Oh, there you go. Barcelona's read my, uh, read my mind that Liverpool minus one at minus 108 for the first half. Okay, let's move on because our fifth and final game. Wow, what a game this is. And we could not have expected to be in the situation that we find ourselves because Chelsea sitting bottom of this group on one point, hosting the leaders in Milan. And Chelsea are minus 140. I don't know what world they're living in there because Milan are strong at home or away. Milan are massive at plus 375. Um, Milan just to score a minus 170. Chelsea to score twice. Their odds on at minus 125. The draw's a real runner at plus 295. And the goals are set under over two and a half at minus 110. Bina, take away Milan here because over two and a half looks like a shoe in because Chelsea have got to get something out of this game. Otherwise, Milan are away and gone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a different Milan. It's a little bit more mature than the one that we saw last season. Um, I think they're very capable of sort of, you know, really going the extra gear and changing gears when they need to right now. Um, they have suffered losses, so it's not to say that they've been perfect. Uh, they haven't shown the kind of form that Napoli has, but they are unfortunately also a side that's suffering from such deep injuries this season. I thought they were fantastic um, in, in the Champions League so far. I mean, I, I expected a little bit more from Salzburg, but... Uh, other than that, I think that they were brilliant in their last games. They'll be without Mike Manian, and that makes a huge difference for them because I think he's Superman between the goalposts. Teo Hernandez is your added winger, your added scorer, the man that creates so much and creates the perfect left-hand side with, obviously, Leao in front of him. He is away. Florenz is away. Calabria is away. So there's no fullback right now on the right-hand side. Um, <laughs> there's no Origi. There's no Sal Makers. I mean, it is just a bloodbath at the moment. So they're going to struggle. They might only have 14 to 15 outfield players available for this match. Having said that, spirits are high. And what I think is interesting about this is Graham Potter's gone to a back four. Um, I, 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 so far, 
I think they play good football. I don't think it's bad football by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't know if they can adjust as well as what I thought Thomas Tuchel could do. So Pioli has a very good way of changing things around the 70th minute when needs be if his team aren't doing what they do. And I'm interested to see what Chelsea will do in order to counteract those moves. Uh, it's like a chess game because I think Tuchel is the best in the world for doing that. So I'm I'm interested to see if that's going to happen and whether Conor Gallagher will make a an appearance considering uh, what happened over the weekend and whether or not Koulibaly will be brought back in because, of course, he knows how to deal with Milan with all his experience in Serie A. But they do have, uh, you know, N'Golo Kante out, obviously, Jorginho is a down and Mendy's out, but it's nowhere near what Milan's going through at the moment. I can definitely see both teams scoring. Uh, both, I mean, right now, just Milan don't have the strongest defence, but I can always rely on them to score a goal. And so I'm definitely interested to see what Giroud will will do up front against his former team. Yeah, it's amazing, Marco, here that we talk about Chelsea. And if they have the likes of Kovacic, Kante, Jorginho sitting in there as a free, they are well beaters. All of a sudden, you take one or two of them out and they look vulnerable. But the over two and a half goals in the game at minus 110, is that just a don't complicate it and yeah. don't care who scores? Yeah, I think so. Um, Mina's pinched to most of my notes really about Milan injuries and stuff. She does so. that. She does do that. <laughs> Sorry. I'll focus on Chelsea. But um, yeah, they've gone back to about four. Um, I think it's worth noting that it took Brighton quite a long time to get things right under Graham Potter. And that's with him training with the team for most of the week and playing you know, once every weekend, really. He's had games taking place every three, four days now with Chelsea. So um, a little less time. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see a few sort of teething problems in the near future. I thought they looked pretty shaky in the first half against Palace at the weekend. Thiago Silva could have been sent off as well. Um, so, yeah, things are clearly a work in progress with Chelsea right now. But just because of Milan injuries, just because of what's at stake here in Chelsea, absolutely have to get something out of this game. And again, next week at San Siro, Obviously, I expect them to score at Stamford Bridge, uh, particularly against a potentially makeshift Milan defence. Um, and look, Milan defence was one of their key areas of strength during the title-winning campaign. They've kept two clean sheets this year across Serie A and Champions League, so they're not kind of in the groove of keeping teams out at the minute. So you fully expect Chelsea to score. And as Mina says, there's, there's enough ability in that team, though, in transitions and counter-attacks and even set pieces to cause Chelsea problems of their own. Rafael Leal, the finish at the weekend was just outrageous. He's one of the hottest properties on the planet right now. Giroud playing very well. Rebic is back in the squad. Charles de Catalara, who's, who's probably not shown his true ability since his move, he still can come in and, and, and show us what he's capable of. Tonali's been decisive for a while now as well. So, yeah, I think both teams to score as a real runner and then you can just chuck in over two and a half goals and push that price into plus money as well. Um, I think that the state of play in this group really does aid sort of a goals-based best goals bait based bets, I should say. And um, worth noting as well, Milan scored away at Anfield against Liverpool in the group stage last year, as well as away at Atletico Madrid. So two of you'd say probably the hardest venues away in European football. If they can do that, they can absolutely score at Chelsea as well. Yeah, and the other thing is you'd probably say Milan are probably better equipped other than the injuries that they're better equipped this year and they're on a bigger high as well. Um, and they're not gun-ho. That's the other good thing about them this year. Last year, it was all or nothing, 100%, 100 mile an hour. If it goes our way, then great, but we've got no plan B. This time, it looks to be that some of the younger players and the, the more athletic players are coming to the fore. Yeah, I mean, Beef Bully says in the chat, what was it, 29 visits Milan have had to uh, England? And, and they, they've only won once. 
But this is a Chelsea side that, again, I don't... They've got to throw caution to the wind, Chelsea. They've got to go and win this game. Um, so 2-1 is a starting block, but minus 110 to just being over two and a half goals, I think it's the way to go. You want to go near... There's a few um, crossovers here as well, obviously, with Giroud, and there's obviously other personnel that have played for both sides. So I think we're going to see a really, really good game. And let me just have a quick look, because I do believe that this game is on Wednesday. So maybe have a little look, see how your betting's going. And I wouldn't put anyone off of uh, maybe the both teams to score and the over as well. Now, let's have a little look at the official picks, please. Both, oh, you've both gone for the same. I tell you, there's been a few crossovers uh, in the old uh, picks this week as well, because both teams to score and over two and a half is at plus 120. If you don't want the both teams to score and over, just go over to two and a half at minus 110. It's people are saying, Giroud, anytime goal scorer. Bamiyang, anytime goal scorer. Remember, I, I, I went and watched Bamiyang when he was on loan from Milan at Lille. And uh, that was like 12 years ago. So remember, there's a, a crossover there as well. OK, so they're your uh, official picks. Let's have a little look at questions and answer. Before you put in there any game that we've not mentioned that you want to mention, then for, I'd like you to subscribe and get us closer to 8,000. We went past 7,000 as if it wasn't even there. And also I'd like you to ring the bell. Ring the bell means we'll notify you. You'll never miss any content. Again, if you're on social media, follow at BetUSTV because there's so much there. Any updates, that's the place you're going to find them. And if you press the link in the description, join then that will put you in for a free shirt. And with the World Cup coming up in six weeks' time, you're definitely going to be want to be involved in everything we do. Okay, so uh, Felipe said, Benfica, both teams to score on Wednesday, Marco, here, the Benfica score. That's the, that's the one, really, isn't it? The Benfica score. Yeah, um, I think they can score. They're at home, aren't they, in Lisbon uh, against the PSG team, who, um, as we know, are pretty top-heavy at the best of times. Um I guess it's probably one for the, the lineup checks because uh, there's always an opportunity for, for PSG to possibly rest one of those star-studded front three. Uh, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's not a game I've got a huge opinion on. You'd expect PSG to win. I think they're possibly slight value at the prices, but um, don't underestimate Benfica, particularly in Lisbon. So yeah, they can get on the score sheet. Whether they get a point out of the game or not, I'd, I'd be surprised. But um, yeah, they can trouble that PSG defence. Okay, uh, Mina, you could... Oh, Mina, you want to talk about that one? If I was just going to say, if the world's worst team, according to Marco O'Hare, Juventus, managed a goal against PSG, then I thought <laughs> as well. I thought, yeah, but I thought Juve were good that night. I thought they didn't get exactly what they deserved. Yes, I think that uh, PSG could have scored a little bit more. Uh, what about taking this one, though, uh, please, Amina? Marseille versus Sporting. I don't know which way to go with this, because in all honesty, I feel like Marseille is not doing what it's supposed to be doing in the Champions League, because I think this is a really good squad. I think that they have so much attacking intent, and Mark O'Hare doesn't agree with me, I don't think so, um, but uh, I do feel at this end, I would never have imagined that Sporting can get two goals at the end against Tottenham's Hotspurs, but you know what, anything can happen. I think for me, both teams to score, but I don't know if I would bet on Marseille winning this. Yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. Okay, anything else? Let's have a little look. Uh, Barcelona money line, Max Bet. I mean, Copenhagen to beat Man City is the banker of the week, Anchor. <laughs> stay off the drugs, Anchor, because there's no need for it. We've got the World Cup coming and we want you in good health. Okay, let's have a little look at all the official picks, please. <laughs> 
Okay, it's yellow there. And it's on and see the yellow, it has been absolutely killed by both Mina and Mark having Napoli get something out of the game. Napoli at plus 0.5 at minus 145. Mina, Napoli team total. They she thinks they're gonna score twice at plus 120. For me, it's don't complicate it. Ajax at plus 125. Frankfurt top them both teams score an over two and a half, but I do think Frankfurt a great value at plus two fifty. Barcelona and over one and a half at plus one ten for all three of us. So that's three units from the Champions League show going on Barcelona and over one and a half because we think Barcelona will score twice. Now they're minus 145 to score twice, but they're minus 120 just to win the game. Um, Chelsea, Milan, both teams scoring over two and a half for Mina at plus 120. Marco here has gone for exactly the same. And the risky one, even though it's no massive odds, is Rangers to finally get a goal. Remember, two games, no goals, seven against so everyone in the chat on your way out if you'd be so kind as to put the thumbs up spread the word and remember on thursdays we have premier league Serie A and la liga and on fridays it's bundesliga and we will be back next week with the champions league because we've got back-to-back -back weeks in the champions uh, league and then the week after that we've got a midweek roundup of the premier league and la liga so marco here uh, i hope you have a great week Obviously, uh, apart from the Napoli <laughs> business, because I'm obviously going banker uh, on plus 125 on Ajax. And Mina, we'll see you again on Thursday and another winning weekend in Serie A. So let's see if you can continue that. So from everyone at BetUS, thank you, Mina. Thank you, Mark. And thank you, everyone in the chat. Remember, thumbs up on the way out. And we'll see you soon. You take care.